stretch out your classes a little bit. <laughs> like, like figure out what the heck you actually are maybe potentially curious about because you never know what like, a class in astronomy would will take you down. I, I think we, I don't know, I think we're like too scripted, like in a weird way. And what do you expect, right? Like in elementary school, middle school, and high school, you kind of are given all these classes that you have to take. And then you kind of enter college and it doesn't really work like that at all. Um, but you still kind of act like that, which makes sense. But like, I don't know, I'm, I'm here to be the anti-voice of all those terrible, uh, I mean, I'm sure they're going to not, not, not like me, but all those terrible advisors who are like, you need to graduate on time. I'm like, don't graduate on time. Spend the extra year doing some cool shit. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, in a lot of those average, uh, advising and kind of figuring out what classes you're going to take when they, they look at your graduation requirements, fill in pretty much you might not even have any space to take any electives. Like everything's out to the T every semester from freshman year to graduation that, you know, it, it passes by and you're like, oh, shit, I just I did the minimum to graduate. I didn't really, you know, spread my interest and I didn't learn much else other than, you know, what I have my degree in. And I think... Uh, Everyone looks that from that. Uh, so while we're like, as we've meandered over to this topic, uh, it was one of the more uh, interesting questions last time I asked it to you, and I'm going to ask it again, uh, which is looking back, and let's say particularly on your, I, w I want you to focus on like the last semester, the last couple semesters, but I'll, I'll leave it open for the entire experience. You know, you're a year out of college, so, you know, maybe a little bit less than a year out of college. Wait, it's like a year and a half now, isn't it, Dan? Man, goodness gracious. Anyway, uh, you, are so. you are however many months away from college right now. Looking uh, back, what would you have done differently? Um, I think I certainly would have focused more on uh, the classes I've I took in fine art. I picked up a uh, studio art mine, which allowed me to take anything from printing king to sculpture to uh, typography to uh, just kind of like run the gamut. And, and having that outlet, being able to do that, was something that really was a huge shift in my college experience. Uh, and I would really uh, recommend, you know, branching out and trying to you know, take new things and, uh, yeah. Cool. Classes. What else would you do different? Um, you know, I think I would have spent more time, uh, with people and probably, you know, less than doing class, which I, I don't know if that's the best advice to give <laughs> necessarily. But um, for me, at least, I could always do uh, you know, what was required of me, uh, pass tests and, and uh, make good grades. But at the end of the day, something that was most important for me to get out of college you know, building relationships and, and learning new things. And so I would probably prioritize that over, 
some of the kind of more boring uh, or unnecessary assignments. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's bad advice at all, Dan, to be completely honest. Like, <laughs> excuse me. Um, frankly, you know, I think that's what college is for. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I worry, I, I, I do worry sometimes because, you know, I, I, I'm only 10 years graduated. Um, and when I go back and like talk to my college friends, we, we all kind of giggle and sort of say like th- that was not a difficult time in our lives. And when I look around right now in 2017 at, at people going to college, I think a lot of people would say, uh, I, 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 maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of people that I interact with who are in their like early 20s, uh, and who are in college uh, are saying it's pretty difficult. Uh, and like, I don't think that's what college is for. I, I think college is to like enjoy, like, you know, I, I still talk to some college friends and we were actually just talking a couple weeks ago and, you know, we took a statistics class together and we don't remember anything about statistics, but we still go back and forth and say like, reject the hoe, which is like the null hypothesis, the H parentheses zero. Like I have no idea what the heck rejecting the null hypothesis means anymore, but I do know that it makes me laugh. And like me and my friend Des like constantly joke about it and still joke about it. Um, like it's interesting that you say like the people, because uh, I think it's a rare, usually like collection of people, um, and you don't really, you know, you don't really get that, you know, often. I don't know. Yeah, but where where else do people from, you know, not only all around Florida, but you know, like me out of state, from much anywhere, small walks of life, and you put them in a campus where, you know, you walk and see all these people of your age and hardly any babies and you see a baby and you're like what the (laughs) oh you're right i actually never really thought about that there are no babies there are not a lot of babies in college (laughs) yeah i actually literally have not thought right it's it's such a that's a funny thing it's such a unique such a unique world and such a unique time and i think a lot of people probably don't take advantage of it uh last semester what would you do different Definitely, you you have to play your cards right in that, like, you're probably only going to see the people again that you really want to see. And so just thinking long and hard about, you know, when you're graduated, what kind of life you want to leave, what kind of relationships you want to have with, you know, the people that you know now at school or, or not, and, uh, like, really focusing on those things like like instead of you know this assignment in uh social media class that you know really has no bearing on anything that i do now and so uh trying to really shifting focus to uh what's important in life yeah i mean i think it's a it goes back to that curiosity thing. Uh, I guess one of the one of the things that I was always good at, you know, was sort of thinking about systems and thinking about the system that I was in. And and I think it it sort of separates the haves from the have-nots, at least spiritually. I don't know what else how to say that. Um, uh, 
in college, which is like, you know, does this matter? <laughs> like, does what you are doing matter? Does it actually matter? Do you care about it? Like, if, if you don't, then why? Why, why, why are you doing it? Uh, if you're yeah. doing it because you have to, okay, then how do you do it like the least? Like, what I remember Dan's answer the last time I asked him that question was that he would go to my class less. And he felt, you know, he was like, I'm sorry, Benny. And I was like, no, I love that answer that you would go to my class less because, like, it shows that, you know, you're thinking about, you know, what you actually care about and what actually is helping you and what's not helping you. Uh, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of students are still in that student mindset where they're just trying to, like, satisfy the teacher or like get the grade and it's like you know this is probably terrible advice and i'm i'm announcing it at the upfront but like i gotta say if i saw a resume of someone who i thought was interesting that had like a low gpa on it i would be like heck yeah i want to give that person an interview because they seem interesting and they have a low gpa and i want to know how they like made it out like i'm just curious how you know how they made it out versus like you know, a 4.0, that's a boring person. Like, heck no, I'd rather not. Um, yeah. What, you know, now that you've, uh, I, I think I want to, I want to get this question right. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about the quote unquote real world. Um, not the TV show, uh, which is that even a TV show anymore, Dan? I see. I feel so old. Is the real world it TV is. show? Okay, yeah. thank thank God. They're on their 32nd season. 32nd season. Oh, God. Uh, by the way, you haven't gotten there yet, I don't think, Dan, but like you will feel, I promise you, you will feel old when you age out of the real world. Like you age out of the real world at like 25, I think. They don't take anybody uh, under 20 or over 25. Oh, it's the worst feeling. Anyway, um, but I remember it. Uh, the quote unquote real world. Uh, What's that mean to you now versus what it meant when you were in college? I think in college it's something that is more um, maybe like stress-inducing or, or, or confusing because you don't really have a good grasp of, of really what it means and uh, and you know, kind of going back to that transition between you know going out of school and then having this job and your life changed so drastically uh, that that could be scary. But, you know, in it now, uh, everything, you know, the way that it fell into place and the way, uh, you know, landing this job that I have now uh, and, and just being very happy with the way that things are, uh, it's not scary and it's not uh, stressful. In, you, you know, the real world comes with hardship, but it also comes with, you know, uh, a sleeping job and the ability to uh, uh, garner new relationships and, and, you know, make money so you can actually buy things and not, <laughs> you know, feel like a poor college student. So, uh, I think I, that's a big, by the way, Dan, that's like a big, I think, understated change. And granted, I guess some college kids don't really have to think about it, but like, 
Totally. The level of poverty that you live in in college. I mean, even as a privileged college student, like the level of lack of funds that you are used to versus even just getting like a 30K job or a 40K job in like even a place. I was in Chicago. Dan is in Austin. Uh, I don't presume to know what Dan makes, but I know that I was making only 40 grand in Chicago. And I came back to Gainesville and I felt like I felt like I was a millionaire. I felt like I came back and I, I, did, I didn't realize until I had left and come back how like poor I actually was when I was in college. Yeah, I remember having that, a similar conversation with you at uh, First Magnitude. And, and, you know, I think you first magnitude is a brewery, by the way, by the second one. And you're like, no, 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 no. In Gainesville, I am a millionaire. <laughs> Uh, but it's I mean it's true it's I mean it's one of the I think it's I think it's one of the under oh no it's, I popped something out of something is that what they do oh sorry good. technical difficulties Dan can you hear me yeah Dan hello oh there you are we had technical difficulties We'll totally edit that out. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see what we'll do. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, everybody's poor in college except for the rich people and screw those people. Uh, yep. Or no, we love them. I don't know. They, rich people are people too. Um, so uh, what advice, what, what, you know, how, how's it been since graduating? Uh, you're a designer. You know, my advice to most designers is go to portfolio school or, or go to art school, uh, particularly fresh out of Florida, because Florida is just not particularly known for pumping out, uh, you know, advertising portfolios or whatever. Uh, Dan is uh, someone who did not follow my advice. How dare he? Uh, but how, how's, it, how's it been for you, man? What was, what's your, and what's your journey been like? Just give give us a sense for sort of like how you went from college to where you're at now. Yeah, you know it, it, it's been bumpy, but you know where I'm now at now is smooth sailing, if you will. Uh, but upon graduating, flew directly to Philly, where my girlfriend lives now, and uh, I I set up a few interviews there uh, at some companies that I really like. Uh, and then a week later, I flew back home to Austin, not really expecting anything today. You know, I applied to jobs mainly outside of Austin because I, I hadn't really considered uh, wanting to be here and, you know, do that whole long-distance thing. And so I, I set up one job here. And I'm very happy that I did because it's the company that I'm at now. Uh, nine months later... They, uh, you know, I started as an intern in the summer, and uh, there were two interns. After the internship was up, you know, they were pleased with my ethic and, and my uh, my design work. So they asked me to stay on, and was kind of in this odd in between of like not being an intern, but also not being full time. And you know that that continued until literally yesterday, where I had. Uh, my year-end uh, review, where they offered me a full-time job. And nice. If, the, if this were like a douchey hey. radio show, there would be like a and like confetti sounds and stuff like that. Yeah. But we don't have any of that, or well, maybe maybe Avnash or Blake will edit those in later. Those are our producers. Um, <laughs> so so 
Mr. I have a job formally. Uh, that means you didn't have a job from when you graduated to now, or at least not sort of anything uh, that, you know, is a full time gig. So like, what, what, how, how have you been surviving? How's, how's it, how's it been sort of like doing something you love, but not being sure that you're going to be able to like necessarily like eat tomorrow? Yeah. And, and so uh, I will say it's not the most sustainable, uh, you know, the last uh, nine months, they haven't really been too, too much of a struggle. You know, I make, I make enough and I can still, you know, travel and visit my girlfriend in Philly and, you know, I, I, I've been uh, making things work, and certainly uh, with sacrifices along the way. And so now officially having that full-time job uh, and feeling, um, you know, a sense of fulfillment that, you know, like they see something in me that, you know, they want to continue working with it, which is it's nice. You know, uh, it's gratifying, certainly. Take me back to right after you graduated. You got a girlfriend in Philadelphia. Um, you have maybe some you have family in Austin. Uh, yep. You had an internship in Chicago from before, and you like Chicago. Um, w- w- was it nerve-wracking to decide... I'm sticking in Austin. Uh, was that a scary decision for you? Was it sort of like absolutely? So t- tell me about that. How? How? I'm, I'm curious about the decision, but I'm also curious how the heck you got over that fear. Like, what you know? If I'm if I'm sitting here nervous about moving back to Miami where I grew up or whatever, you know, what what would you tell me or what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I'll I'll probably you know walk you through my thought process and. Uh, so I had two offices, basically one in Philly and uh, one in Austin. The job in Austin was a much better fit for what I wanted. It was def- definitely more design-focused. The studio that it's at, you know, roughly the same size, about, you know, 10 to 15 people. And so culture, they're probably similar, but uh, the clients that uh, – we work with a, a grill scooter, you know, like music festivals and breweries and, and food and, and, you know, all those that you kind of dream to work with uh, in advertising or design. And so uh, it was tough. It was like, do I go to a job where, you know, I'll probably be less fulfilled professionally, but, you know, being in the same city as my partner uh, is, you know, very personally important, you know, good to have that fulfillment outside of work. And so having to really juggle between, you know, which one of those is at the point of life of my life I'm in now is important. And I decided that ultimately, you know, I'm I'm just out of school. Uh, I'm good at what I do, but I certainly have a lot. I'm young. Uh, impressionable certainly and so um i decided that i would rather be at a place that can uh kind of have me grow as a designer and a person and and the rest you know figure out along the way so i think it's 
I, I mean, I think that impulse towards growth is a good one. Like, and like, how do you want to grow? I think is the other question. Like, uh, when you're in, right? Like when you're in the heat of that moment of decision-making, right? And, and, and you got lucky. I think I got lucky as well. Like we had options coming out of college, but you know, the funny part is like, I think, I think people look, even if you only have one job offer, you still have an option. Like, and I don't mean the option is like you should one job offer that's less than ideal and taking that. I mean, it's easy for me to say as someone who's eating every day and stuff, but like, you know, making a decision, you know, means that means certain things. And, And I guess I'm having a little trouble articulating it, but like, so for example, you, not choosing to go to Philadelphia, had you chosen to go to Philly, it would have been a decision towards your partner. And that's not a good, right. right. And that's not a good or a bad thing. It's just, I mean, heck, I would have even, I would even argue that, yeah, in some ways that decision could have been about you, but it would have been about you as a partner, as opposed to you as a designer. And, and I think, I think, in those key decision points of our lives, and I'm even saying this more to myself at this point now, <laughs> it's kind of like, what you do you want to be uh, without judgment, without without sort of like, you know, a value judgment, but just sort of like, if you sit there and think about it, you know, if you wanted to be the husband of your girlfriend right now, maybe you would have moved to Philly and then your whole, then, then it would have been Dan, the husband, Dan, you know what I mean? Like, and that would have been the primary role of your life as opposed to Dan, the designer. And, and look, it's not to say that because you pick one, you can't have the others. It's just a matter of like priority. Uh, yeah. you know, there, there's that little trope, uh, Dan, that I'm sure you've heard me say multiple times of like, show me, uh, show me, uh, it's, they say, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. There's like a phrase in Spanish. But I like to kind of invert that and say like, show me what you do and I'll show you who you are. Like mm-hmm. the, what you choose to spend your time doing, who you choose to hang out with, you know, what you choose to eat, what you like that, like what you do is who you are. And I think we so often spend a lot of time not thinking about what we've done or what we do, uh, which sounds a little weird, but. You know, uh, if you spent your last, if you spent, if you really sat down and thought about it and said, what have I done in the last week? Not when I was trying to do stuff, but literally just naturally, what did I do? And then orient your next week based on what you did last week. I I think you'd probably be a lot more productive than, you know, most people. I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting choice though. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, And, and, and luckily, you know, it wasn't one that I had to make myself. You know, I had. I had my girlfriend, I had, you know, you to bounce ideas off of. I had my parents, I had my older sister is a designer as well. And so, you know, really calling on your support when you need it is something that. Ooh, yeah. I mean, calling on your support and like having good, diverse support. Like, you know, part of the reason why I, I feel like I, you know, I'm not. I mean, I'm pretty quirky and weird, but like I maybe overdo it a lot in person and maybe even on this podcast because like uh, my my hunch is that most people have normal people in their lives. And like so like having a nice, diverse group of people who disagree with each other on who you are 
and what you should do, I think is a good thing because then you get to sort of get different perspectives and different, you know, yeah, you just get to get different perspectives on things, different age groups, different, you know, different types of people. Yeah. Uh, tell me about living with your parents uh, like that. You know, I think a lot of college kids either fear or what they are resigned to is moving back home when they're out of college. Uh, what was your experience like of that? Was it a big fear for you? Was it a big problem for you? Was it good? You know, what advice would you give? Talk to me a little bit. Yeah, that. so, um, you know, born and raised here, and so it, it kind of was natural for me to uh, you know, come back home and, and live at home, which, you know, it, it's good. You know, uh, you get those cooked meals again. You... Uh, get to build that relationship back with your family after being away for so long. Uh, it certainly comes with a lot of positive qualities, but, you know, I was sharing a car with my sister. Uh, I, I kind of felt isolated and, and stranded at home and, and kind of, like, used that as an excuse to be lazy. And, and so this was all before I started my job, by the way. This was kind of just, like, I was taking a break. This was my summer. And so I was not active. So I, I figured, you know, after a month that uh, it was time for me to move move on. So I'm living now with my one of my best friends high school with, who owns his own house. And, you know, I live minutes away from work. Uh, there's never traffic, which is huge now and often. It's ridiculous. But, uh it's, yeah, it's nice. You know, being in the same town, then suppose it's good, uh, but not living at home, I think, is uh, a decision that I needed to make. And I'm much, much happier now that I did. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, I've talked to a couple of different people, and uh, it's people that you know as well, about that sort of going back home. And in a weird way, like, if, if, if you know that you're likely going to end up back living with your parents, um, even if it's a situation like Dan where, like, you're taking a break, because I've, I've done that as well, um, my, you know, the advice I'd give is, like, prepare yourself. Like, mentally prepare yourself. Just, like, if you don't – assuming you don't want to live there the rest of your life, which is a pretty mm-hmm. reasonable assumption – um, yeah. start planning for it, start setting dates, start like set daily habits. Um, cause it's such an easy trap for depression and such an easy trap for feeling bad about yourself. And there's like already a narrative out there that exists of this college kid that moves back home with his like, you know, 40 or 50 year old parents. Like it's such a trope already that like, it's easy to get caught into it and just resign to it. And like, you got to stay like hungry. You got to stay eager. You got like, you just got to prepare yourself for that. Like mental, it's just a, it's just a, it's just quicksand. Like it slows you down, even if you're ready for it. And I think a lot of people aren't ready for it. A lot of people just assume it's like the fallback plan and then don't have a plan to get out of it. Um, And I think even just have, even just pretending to have a plan is sometimes enough um, even just like having the illusion of a plan and having things written down and having dates, even if you know that you can't reach them, just helps you have something to reach for. Yeah, I will say, the, maybe the last thing on that is, 
you know, being at home was stagnating for me. Uh, and then I, I fell into a routine, uh, and it was something that I quickly realized that I didn't want. And, you know, I'm not really the type to stand still and, and you know, do the same thing. I like to, you know, continually push myself and, and do new things. And uh, and so, for me, I knew I had to, and, you know. I'm going to be bold, Dan. I'm going to go ahead and say I think for most people, unless you are, unless you have a ridiculously different childhood or upbringing. I think for most people moving back home, no matter what age you are is going to be stagnating because yeah. for at least 18 years, you've spent time in that place with those people doing pretty much the same things. Um, and like old habits die hard. Uh, and so, yep. you know, that's what I mean when I say like you kind of got to prepare for it, which is like you you aren't that special. Like you're you aren't special enough that you're going to go home and like be the magical one that like, you know, doesn't get caught in that because you have 18 years at least of experience, you know, and so do your parents. Like it's you know, I don't know what your experience was, but I know my you know, I still go home and my parents have a tough time sort of appreciating me as a 31 year old. And I don't mean that in a way that, that they should, why would they? Most of their experience with me has been, you know, as a kid or up until 18. Um, so it's something to sort of start. I, I, even if you are pretty sure, even 99.9% sure you're not going to move back home. I still think it's worth thinking about and having a fallback plan, not a fallback plan of, uh, here's what I'm going to do to not move back home. But like, if I have to end up back home, here is the plan that goes into action. Here are the daily habits that I will have. Here is where I will look. Here is how much time I will be giving. I will give myself, you know, like just to wrap your head around that, like worst case scenario, um, quote unquote, uh, and which is funny. Cause we're probably going to have her as a guest on this podcast, uh, sometime moving forward, but I have a friend right now who owns her own business in Miami, who's living with her parents, um, and has actually used, uh, that as a way to not stagnate, but actually motivate her. Uh, and she's been doing it for like a year and a half, two years. Um, yeah. So like that might be an interesting, different perspective. Uh, last question, Dan, cause I, I do, I want to try to keep these at around an hour for right now and I don't want to take too much of your time, Mr. New job. Um, looking back, uh, to your last semester, maybe even looking back to your four years of college and what you've learned, uh, in, in the time since, uh, what did you get wrong? H- how were you mistaken? What, what presumptions, what sort of like things did you, were you sure of in college that, you know, now you look back and you're like, Oh wow. Was very wrong about that. <laughs> Huh. You know, certainly a lot of things, I'm sure. Um, it's hard to point out specific things. Um, but I guess beauty, and, you know, I, I, I'm sorry if you know, I don't have any examples that come to mind right now, but I think the beauty of it is that none of that really ended up mattering. Like, for all of the mistakes that I made, for all of the, uh, like, missteps in, you know, uh, UBI, uh, 
you know, spend too much time, you know, playing video games or um, just not allocating time how it needed to be or, um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the things you do in that college bubble um, don't really leave the bubble with you once you're out. Mm. And so that's something that I've been thinking about at least recently is that, you know, for the assignments that I gave up and the grades that I let slip, you know, certainly to a reasonable amount, you know, like I, I could, I could not study for the test until, you know, make an A, which worked out. You know, it probably wasn't pretty, but yeah, like those grades, I have not given them really second thoughts since. You know, like. <laughs> I'm doing the job that uh, is kind of perfect for me, and I'm uh, kind of processing something that's really not related to anything I studied in school. Uh, and so I think you can really accept the, fail- the failures that you make in school uh, and fail early and fail hard and learn from it. Ooh, I love that. Uh, fail early, fail early, fail hard. And uh, I'm, I'm going to steal this one, Dan. Uh, the things that matter inside the bubble don't really matter outside the bubble. I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, Dan, thank you so much for being our first little experimental uh, Babs podcast. Uh, I really appreciate the hour of your time. Uh, hopefully this uh, turns into a thing. And even if not, it was fun talking to you, man. Yeah. Definitely, definitely fun. Uh, cool. Be that, here. What were you gonna say? Happy to be here. I'm glad. Uh, glad you called me. Hopefully, you know I rambled something that you know makes sense to someone. So. Well, welcome to my life. That's all I hope <laughs> in my daily life. So, <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Have a great uh, rest of your day, and uh, thanks for Perfect. listening to the Bad Podcast, everyone. Uh, join us next week or fast forward on your podcast uh, list. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye.